This week on Myths and Legends, we're back in the story of the Monkey King. And we'll see that if it looks like a monster, talks like a monster, and smells like a monster, you should let it join your traveling group and give it piggyback rides. It's probably okay. The creature this time is the hay bale-sized monster that wants to help you slow down for a snack break. So it can snack on you. This is Myths and Legends, episode 297, Up in Smoke. This is a podcast where we tell stories from mythology and folklore. Some are incredibly popular stories you might think you know, but with surprising origins. Others are stories that might be new to you, but are definitely worth a listen. We're back in the journey to the West. The story of Xuanzang, a monk from the Tang Empire, as he journeys to the Thunderclap Temple in the West to retrieve scriptures. He was joined by the Monkey King, Sun Wukong, an immortal monkey who can shapeshift. Pigsy, a humanoid pig with many different appetites, Sandy, a stern, serious, indigo sandman, and Yulong, a dragon who is pretty much always a horse. Their journey is taking way longer than any of them thought, but we'll jump right in with a monster who's lying in wait for them along the way. The demon giggled with glee. Today was the day. He had been looking forward to this for so long. He was something of a legacy demon. His dad had been a big deal back when all the demons fought heaven a few hundred years ago. They lost, but even though they didn't control everything always and forever, that didn't stop his daddy from giving him a little slice of land to himself. Red boy hovered in the clouds. As a cloud, a red cloud. That was his thing. He was a red, smoky boy. Then, Red Boy spotted him. Oh, oh yeah, there he is. That delicious monk. He looked so pale, so soft. Red Boy's proverbial mouth was watering, just looking at the Tang Monk. Not only did the little guy look delicious, but if you got just one bite of his flesh, you could live for a thousand years. The Red Smoke Monster squinted. Once again, not literally. Wait that Tang Monk wasn't alone. What's that smoke above the trees? The red smoke heard one of them oink. He dove for cover. It's probably a monster, another one grunted. Red Boy thought that that one was the one that looked like a monkey. Should, should we be worried? The pig said. Monsters are like, always trying to get us. I wouldn't think too much of it, the monkey said. It's probably just passing through. Cloud smiled once again, metaphorically. These guys had no idea. I mean, we do have get-togethers when we're not trying to kill somebody. Meetups, monster parties, Monkey said. The pig oinked, oh, like a monster mat. Red Boy heard a slap. No, Monkey said, not that. The monkey continued. Had any of them ever heard the spell, the shortening of the ground? Red Boy assumed that there were only head shakes because he didn't hear anything in the trees. Why? the pig asked. No reason, the monkey said, but he wasn't where Red Boy had been listening. They had passed Red Boy in an instant. They were now on down the road like a mile. Red Boy swore, took to the air, and popped back right in front of them. Oh, I saw it again, the red smoke, the pig oinked. 
probably another monster, Monkey replied. Can't just be one. How's it going to be a monster? Ma-? The pig said, ah, you almost said it. Monkey grumbled. He did no such thing. With that, they were once again past Red Boy. What in the... <clears throat> it was that monkey. It had to be. He was the one looking out for that sweet little dumpling of a monk. If Red Boy wanted that monk, he'd have to neutralize the monkey first. He snaked his way through the forest until he was just up ahead of them. And then he took the form. Help! Xuanzang heard from the road ahead. What was that? The monk asked from atop his dragon horse that looked like a horse. Monkey said it... Just, they shouldn't go after it. It was a monster trying to lure them away from the path so it could eat their master because that's what it always was. Seriously, when was it not that? Ever. Help! The four of them heard. Again. That sounds like a child. And besides, Monkey, you said the monsters in this area were not interested in us. That they were going to some monster mash or something? The monk said. Monkey grimaced. He knew he said that, but Xuanzang ignored him and spurred the horse onward toward the sound of the screaming. A few dozen feet from the path, they found a child dangling in the air. Monkey, Xuanzang shook his head. He couldn't believe Monkey was going to let them pass by and leave this poor, defenseless child stuck in a tree. Monkey took a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Not having this discussion again. Xuanzang walked below the child, a seven-year-old, tied in a tree. What household do you belong to, child? And why are you hanging here in the forest? I'd like to rescue you, the Tang monk said. The child smiled. He said west of this mountain, there's a village where his family lived. His grandfather, Red, had amassed a huge fortune. He went by the name Red Millions. The boy's father uh, didn't do so well. He changed the family name to Red Thousands. Monkey gritted his teeth. This was so ridiculous. Red Boy continued. His dad had befriended several valorous men, men he housed and clothed, and men who turned out to be not all that valorous when they turned against Red Boy's father and murdered him. The highwayman took his mother to be something of a ugh, camp lady. They spared the boy to die of hunger and exposure out here in the forest. If they cut him down, he would repay their kindness when he returned to his family. Uh, m- Monkey raised his hand. Sorry, he just spotted a little plot hole. Uh, what family? Monkey asked. The boy broke into tears. The rest of the party turned to Sun Wukong. Really, Monkey? Monkey shrugged. What? He was just saying, the kid said his father was reduced down to red thousands, and he also said he was an orphan. Monkey wouldn't poke holes in the story if it held together at all. The boy said, through sobs, that he still had aunts and uncles and they had land that couldn't be taken. They would sell the land to pay the reward. Why? Why was the monkey doing this? Why was he reminding the boy about his parents? Xuanzang flicked his wrist and Pigsy obeyed, taking his rake and slicing at the rope. Sandy cushioned the boy's fall and Xuanzang gave him the cloak. They would return the boy to his family. The boy was unsure how to ride a horse Xuanzang was not the piggyback type. Pigsy was literally a pig and Sandy was scary, so it fell to Monkey to keep the boy on his back. 
Monkey told the boy to please stop him if the boy needed to go to the bathroom and not pee down his back. I've noticed that Monkey says this a lot to people he lets ride on his back. Is this something we should all be worried about? Monkey had seen the red smoke. He knew what this thing was. First chance he got, this kid was a meat patty, is what Red Boy heard in his head. I'm not sure if he could just intuit what Sun Wukong was thinking based on his body language, if he could actually read minds, or if Sun Wukong was just that beyond caring that it didn't even matter if the monster understood because he would be dead soon. Red Boy began to gradually increase his density. He was getting heavier and heavier on Monkey's back, and then Monkey started to fall behind Sandy, Pigsy, and Schwanzong. Then, Red Boy made his move, but so did Monkey. At the exact same time, Red Boy blew his red smoke at Sun Wukong, throwing him to the ground. But at that last possible moment, Sun Wukong reached out his monkey hand and grabbed Red Boy, flinging him into the road ahead, toward the rocky outcropping of the cliff face. He couldn't see it, but he heard the dull, wet thud of Red Boy hitting the rocks. Pigsy came running back. Sandy floated behind him. What was that? Monkey rolled his eyes, the child that they found in the tree? Yeah, it was a monster. He attacked Monkey. Monkey bepattied him. Done and done, right? Can they just keep going? Sandy shrugged. I, that, yeah, that all made sense. I mean, it had happened, what, like 16 times already? Pigsy, though, shook his head. Master told Monkey not to do this. He's telling. Pigsy ran up the mountain path. Master! Master! Then Monkey realized something. Master was quiet for someone who just witnessed a monster in the form of a child flung past him and turned into a patty on a rock wall. Too quiet. Just then, a pillar of red smoke shot up from the mountain ahead. It was gone in a moment. Into the sky. Yulong galloped down the trail to meet the trio. He was riderless. He grimaced, and in his face they read what they already knew. Master had been taken by Red Boy. Monkey calmly drew his staff, and then leveled about an acre of forest in rage. He then calmed himself, smoothed out his clothes, and went over to Yulong. Monkey unhooked his pack and said, you know, it had been real, but bye. Pigsy asked, what? older brother meant. They were going to rescue Master, right? No, Pigsy, we're not. You can, but seeing as you get caught more than anyone else on this team, I wouldn't recommend it. Sandy stepped forward. He understood Monkey was upset, but they had come all this way. Monkey pointed ahead. Had they? They had been walking for so long. They had covered so much ground, and yet how much farther did they still have to go? two and a half more volumes? Seriously? And they were getting stopped every ten minutes by demons who wanted to eat them. Demons that everyone knows are demons because it's super obvious when a demon is hungry for some of that sweet, sweet monk flesh. But no, they have to dance this dance every single time. He was tired of it. They would probably bathe Xuanzang before eating him, so Pigsy, Sandy, and Yulong had a solid head start to get away from the immortals. They could go back to being road monsters. <laughs> They seem to be allowed to get away with whatever. Monkey called up a cloud and saw the other three were just standing there. <sighs> yeah, he knew. This was their redemption arc. No one wanted to go back, but he was just frustrated, all right? 
They would rescue Master, but they were not going to take forever. At the first sign of them getting strung up or whatever, they were pulling the anachronistic ripcord and calling for Guan Yin, the Bodhisattva, and she was taking Red Boy out or having him go through a tearful confession before starting his own redemption arc. Whatever. Monkey didn't care. He just wanted to get their master back so they could all get back on the road. And to do that, he needed a lot more arms. Like five. His teeth grew. His skin became scaly and lizardy in all the wrong places. His eyes blazed with fire, and he grew to the height of 30 or 40 feet. He started stomping around, tearing trees out of the ground, kicking stuff, punching mountains. Ah, rah, rah, I'm the new monster around here, and I don't care what anybody thinks of me. I love eating humans, munching on their little biceps, num, num, num. Pigsy yelled up, what was Monkey doing? Monkey's horns swayed as he looked down, a little demon army materializing around Monkey. Could Pigsy be cool here for like a minute, for once in his life? Sandy said he agreed with the pig. He didn't think the monster was going to fall for it. Monkey said it wasn't for the monster, it was for... And then the sky split. A being glowed in front of them. It was an immortal. Hi, the immortal said. He heard the monster from all the way up there. Look, everyone has things they needed to do. Circle of life. His only thing, ooh, could this new and scary monster maybe eviscerate and feast on humans? I don't know, 600 miles to the west? At least past that mountain range, that was another god's problem. It's not that he wasn't looking for a new monster or that this guy wasn't scary. This guy sounded great. He, the immortal, just had his hands full right now. Hey, Monkey said, shaking off the disguise. Same team. Deity relaxed. Oh, Monkey, Sun Wukong, hey, do you need help? Monkey said he just needed a hand, real quick. The deity said, why not just go up to heaven to ask for help from the Jade Emperor? Monkey said, yeah, he had been doing a lot of that. Every time he went up there, he had the Jade Emperor on his case, miles of red tape. He thought it would be easier to fast track stuff by talking to the local deity. You see, a local monster had taken his master. The deity grimaced. Yeah, he knew the guy. Red boy. Red boy. Monkey then nodded. Oh, the red smoke. Yeah. The deity said, yeah, red boy didn't sound so tough, and in most normal cases he wouldn't be. But this region, really slacking on the offerings and money given to their local deity. He, the deity, couldn't fight back at all. The demon just had the run of the place. Sun Wukong got the location of the cave, but he also learned a few other things. First, Red Boy's official title was Great King Holy Child, which is not more intimidating. Second, the monster was so brazen because his dad had given him this land, and apparently his dad was a big deal. He was the son of the Bull Demon King. BDK! Monkey lit up. Wait! This is that Red Boy? Sandy chimed in. There, do you know more than one demon named Red Boy? Monkey ignored him. BDK was his boy. His blood brother. Oh my gosh. Red Boy was like his honorary nephew. This was all just a misunderstanding. How long has it been since you saw Bull Demon King? Sandy asked. 
monkey thought about it. Well, 500 years, give or take a century. Not since monkey went to Supermax monkey prison. Red boy was a good kid, though. He looked back to the deity, whose land had been absolutely ravaged by the legacy demon. I mean, as far as monsters go, it, it's cool, it's good. I'll, I'll take care of this, no problem. We'll see the second meeting with Red Boy, but that will be right after this. Most of the time, notifications are the worst. The exception? A new sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. I want to highlight how important those three pieces are. It's the whole thing, from beginning to endless possibility, and that's what makes Shopify so special. That, plus the fact that Shopify brings everything into a single dashboard. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. That includes growing across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Shopify also has 24-7 support and free libraries of educational content, which just goes to show how supportive Shopify is, no matter what you're into. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you will too. The simplicity of using Shopify is an open door to possibility. If you can dream it, you can step up and start it with Shopify. For us, it's t-shirts and posters, stickers and notebooks, but maybe you're into ebooks or making jewelry. The sky's the limit. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash legends, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash legends to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash legends. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Here's why I love it. From setup to functionality, Simply Safe works. We customized our system to our home with no long-term contract and 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. I like how the Simply Safe app lets me arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access our cameras, and adjust system settings. Then, with Fast Protect technology, exclusively from Simply Safe, monitoring agents can verify that a threat is real, so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report for a third year in a row. So it's not just us telling you about it. Don't miss your chance for massive savings on my favorite security system. Get 50% off any new system at simplysafe.com legends today. This is their biggest discount of the year. That's simplysafe.com legends. There's no safe like Simply Safe. hundred miles down the road, they arrived at the lair, a cave on the side of a craggy cliff. Yulong neighed. It's because a cave is objectively the best lair for a monster, easily defendable, dripping, and dark, Monkey explained. Yulong neighed again. Sandy agreed with him. Rivers were the best. Pigsy chimed in, please, caves, rivers, uh, how about your father-in-law's guest house where you keep your wife captive after marrying her under false pretenses? No, that's, that's the worst, Sandy said. You long need an agreement. All right, everyone, Monkey said as they approached the cave. This should be quick. I'll just go up and explain the situation. No big deal. The pair walked up to the cave door. 
Pigsy had opted to come with Monkey because he couldn't sit still, and Sandy stayed back to guard the bags. Meanwhile, in the cave, Xuanzang had had a worse time being kidnapped by demons. He was relaxing in a hot bath, a team of monsters scrubbing him, like he knew this wasn't to be nice. They were doing it to clean him up before eating him, but uh, it had been a week or so since he had an actual bath. Submerging in a cold river was pretty miserable, so even though this held the promise of a brutal, cannibalistic death, it, it was a nice change of pace. Besides, by how much these guys were freaking out, Monkey had arrived. There was a furious amount of commotion. They weren't ready. How had this hairy-faced monk found the place so quickly? They hadn't had a chance to prepare. Get the carts. Outside, Monkey was waiting. Red boy. It was Monkey. He was a friend of his dad, Bull Demon King. Did Red Boy remember Unky Monkey? Red Boy used to sit on his high chair during the strategy meetings, where Monkey and BDK used to plan how to ruthlessly slaughter their enemies. Just then, the door opened, and the little demon monsters pushed carts out. Wow, retreating already, Pigsy said. They're moving out. Not what he expected, but hey, they take it, right? Pigsy was right in one way. They were pushing carts out of the cave. One of them stopped by Monkey, and the little demon couldn't take his eyes off Sun Wukong. Monkey smiled. He had seen this look before. The demon grinned back. He, uh, he just had to say he was such a big fan. Monkey thanked the little demon. The demon said the monkey's early stuff, the war against heaven, a monkey monster almost taking over, that, uh, honestly, that was an inspiration. That was why he got into this. And now the second act, this anti-hero thing, wow, what a move. One of the demon's buddies a few mountain ranges over got turned into a meat patty by Wukong. Honor of his life. This demon was hoping for the same. <laughs> well, I don't think that'll be necessary, Monkey said. He explained that he knew the little fiend's boss's dad from back in the old days. The demon said, absolutely. Oh, uh, hey, did Great Sage equal to heaven? Am I moving a few feet to his left? Monkey nodded, absolutely. The demon placed the cart there. Monkey looked in it. Full of wood, huh? Sun Wukong and Pigsy watched the demons trace lines in the dirt, between the carts, before saying that their master, Red Boy, would be out to see Sun Wukong in a moment, and once again, such an honor. Monkey grinned. <laughs> they were lucky. He could only imagine what it felt like to meet him. Have a great day. Then, the ground rumbled. Red Boy emerged from the cave. The story tells us that Red Boy had ruddy lips, like they had been brushed with paint. He had dark, lovely hair and perfectly manicured eyebrows. He had a battle kilt made from dragon and phoenix hides. Wow, you've really grown up, Monkey told the boy who now loomed over him. Y you might not remember me, but I was friends with your dad, Bull Demon King. I remember you when you were in your little demon high chair. Anyway, I'm kind of on a redemption arc thing, and the guy I'm supposed to be guarding is the one you have inside your lair. Any other guy, and I would probably join you in eating him. Monkey did that little hand thing where he was pretending to talk away from Pigsy and winking at Red Boy. You've probably cleaned him up by now. Most demons who want to eat him clean him. It's actually really the only way he takes baths anymore. It happens so frequently. If you just want to send him out, we'll be on our way. Bring me my 18-foot fire-tipped lance, Red Boy called out to his little monsters. It took about 12 of them, but they managed to scurry out with the 18-foot lance. Oh, 
Nice lance. Not as cool as my staff that can change size and density, given to me by the Dragon King of the Seas, but it's a cool little starter weapon. Want me to autograph it for you? Is that why you have it? Monkey smiled. Then, the lines between the different carts, full of materials, started to glow. Monkey, Pigsy started to say. But then they both had to jump. Pigsy jumped back, avoiding the lance tip that came for both of them. Monkey pulled his staff from behind his ear, and it grew, and he slammed it down on the lance. Okay, this wasn't cool, Red Boy. He didn't know if the kid felt like he had something to prove, but he needed to settle down. But Pigsy noticed something. Monkey couldn't hit Red Boy. Okay, you've clearly got skills. That what you want? Validation? Good job. Monkey was pulling his punches, but he was also pretty impressed. He had fought a lot of people, both good guys and bad, and the kid was holding up. Then Red Boy started punching himself in the face. Pigsy saw the blood begin to flow. Oh, here we go. Red Boy punches himself in the face and uses the blood as evidence, bringing a suit against them. Ridiculous litigious demons. If this sounds like kind of a bad idea and nonsensical, that's because it wasn't what was happening. Also, I'm not sure who handles lawsuits from demons. Anyway, the lines on the ground now shot light up into the sky. The blood on Red Boy's face turned to fire, and he shot a torrent of flame from his face. Pigsy was gone. Unlike Monkey, people threatened to eat him all the time. He was delicious. He couldn't stick around for an instant roast. He broke and ran. Monkey, though, quickly pulled up a fire-repellent spell, and the flames curled around him, but didn't actually hit him. The ground began to shake and rumble as Red Boy pulled more power. Then, it was over. The torrent of flame stopped. The little demons and Red Boy had fled inside and slammed the stone doors behind them. Why don't you just break the doors down? I've seen you do it before, Pigsy said. Monkey said that Red Boy was still a good kid. He didn't want to destroy his nephew's first lair. Okay, but he's not a good kid. He's actively trying to kill you and has master, Pigsy noted. Monkey said still, he couldn't just destroy the place. He was open to other ideas. Sandy raised his indigo hands. He was out. Did they want glass? Because sand and fire? That's how you get glass. That got Monkey thinking, though. What about fire and water? Water. Okay, he'd be right back. He backflipped onto a cloud and went to go meet with the Dragon King. Can't do it, sorry, the Dragon King said, as Monkey waved off a crab butler offering him tea. Can't or won't, Monkey said. The Dragon King said his claws were tied. Look, there was a process for this whole thing. He couldn't just rain on a mountain. He needed the Thunder God, Lightning Mother, Wind Uncle Cloud Boy. There had to be weeks of planning before even the smallest sprinkling went into production. Monkey said, Ugh, couldn't they just make any exceptions for him? He didn't need the whole package, just a little bit of rain. The monster was going to eat the Tang Monk. The Dragon King groaned. All right, here's what he could do. He would call all his brothers here and together they would just bring the rain. Only for a little bit though. He didn't want to get into trouble. 
Okay, so you guys stay here and keep the luggage dry, Monkey said when he was back with the others. I'll go finish this off. He won't even see it coming. Sure, he's the hotshot upstart, but I have years of experience and connections. He doesn't stand a chance, Monkey told Pigsy and Sandy, and then went back toward the cave. Well, 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 back for more, Red Boy said to Monkey as Sun Wukong approached. Monkey said, oh, come on, just Red Boy, give up his master. Well, can't he be your master and our hors d'oeuvres? Red Boy, Monkey said, no, that doesn't make sense. And he could see that he was getting nowhere. So he brought his rod down hard on Red Boy's head. But Red Boy stopped it with his fire-tipped lance, and the battle began. They traded blows, and soon, Monkey was no longer pulling his punches. He didn't need to. He was fighting with everything he had, and Red Boy was matching him. Monkey was so proud. Still, though, Red Boy was starting to flag. So he fainted left and then punched himself in the nose twice. The blood started to flow. The fire spewed from Red Boy's eyes and mouth and burst up from the carts arranged around the entrance. Monkey made his fire shield and called out to the Dragon Kings, and the rain started. Monkey grinned. But then his smile was washed away, exactly like the fires were not. They stayed burning. Monkey called out to the Dragon Kings in the clouds, uh, why were the fires still burning? The Dragon Kings called back that they didn't get the right permits. They could only put out worldly fires. They told him they should get the permits. And this is actually in the story. The rain from the Dragon Kings couldn't put the fires out, but they could make the battlefield smoke. Sun Wukong froze. Smoke. You see, when Sun Wukong rebelled against heaven, he was captured uh, multiple times, actually. But one time, he was held in a magical brazier and kept there for weeks. They didn't know that it would take more than that to kill him, but it hurt. He never cried out to them, didn't give them the satisfaction. His fur was singed, but to this day, he couldn't be around smoke. Smoke made him think of the days, the weeks he sat in the fire, thinking that he would never get out. The smoke hit him in the face, and he was that scared little monkey back in the brazier. He stopped the spell, and the fire hit him, full on, and it was worse than anything heaven had tried to use to torment him. It threw him back hard against one of the carts, but the rain still fell, the smoke still rose. He had to get out of there. When Pigsy and Sandy found Sun Wukong, the Monkey King, he was floating face down in the stream. He had thrown himself in, off a cliff, trying to get away from the smoke. They dragged him out, and he was cold. Sandy, the Shah monk, bowed his head. He was so young, I mean, kind of. He was 800 years old, but like a young 800. Pigsy sat Monkey up and started flexing his legs, moving his arms and warming him up. Somehow, he knew that Monkey had 72 transformations and thus, 72 lives. If you were wondering if the stakes could possibly get lower for an immortal shape-shifting super monkey. I lost. Monkey lost. Sun Wukong sobbed, holding Pigsy. Pigsy patted Monkey's back. Sandy said, 
Not to bring this up at an inopportune time, what with Pigsy being accepted as, if not an equal, at least a friend to Monkey, and Monkey realizing that he needed to not only address his past actions, but his trauma as well, all of this was some really great character growth, great dimensions and facets to explore, but they were closer than ever to their master being eaten. Monkey snorted and wiped his nose. Ripcord? Pigsy and Sandy both nodded. Yeah, they should pull the ripcord. They needed to go talk to the Bodhisattva Guanyin. Pigsy was the one to go. Monkey was too weak to travel. He called up a cloud for Pigsy and told him the route. Pigsy leapt aboard and started off toward heaven. It wasn't long before he spotted Guanyin sitting on a mountainside. He rode down, bowed low, and told her about Red Boy and how the angry kid was going to eat Xuanzang. Guan Yin nodded thoughtfully. Hmm, yes. And what did they do? Pigsy said, nothing? They were just traveling through the area. Guan Yin said that they didn't offend Red Boy in any way? Pigsy said no, in fact, they cut him down from a tree. And then, oh, wait, Monkey threw him, be patting him on a rock. Oh. Yeah, Guan Yin said. She stood. She would mediate the discussion, but if Pigsy, Sandy, and most importantly, Monkey, would bow before Red Boy, she would see that their master was returned. She told Pigsy to follow. They would go talk to Red Boy before getting the others. They arrived at Red Boy's cave, and with the wave of her hand, Guan Yin opened the stone doors. She lowered herself, and feet hovering above the ground, went before Pigsy into the cave. Where Pigsy was immediately dogpiled by demons, bound and stuffed into a leather sack. His head poking out, he saw Red Boy standing where Guan Yen had been. Guan Yen, help me, Pigsy cried out. He glared at Red Boy. What had Red Boy done with her? She was just right there a moment ago, exactly where Red Boy was currently standing. Red Boy said, wait, seriously? He was Guang Yen. He took her form. He intercepted Pigsy on the way, and then there was shouting outside. They looked. It was Sun Wukong. And it was. Sun Wukong was using his rod as a makeshift walking stick, fumbling with his cloak as he yelled at the door. He said he smelled an evil wind, which, unlike all the other evil winds he smelled in Pigsy's presence, this one meant not just that Pigsy was having digestive troubles, but that he was in actual danger. Red Boy, though, was feeling good. He said that Monkey wasn't even worth the fight. Seize him. Demons flooded out the stone doorway. Monkey panicked, stopped messing with his cloak, and it floated to the ground as he made his escape. He got away. Even limping, he was faster than the little fiends. But the demons brought back his cloak with a shrug. Red Boy said it didn't matter. Monkey ran from the little demons. He was nothing now. Prepare the feast. The fiends tossed aside Monkey's cloak and got to work. We'll see Red Boy get a special visitor, but that will, once again, be right after this. 
For obvious reasons, we think family-run businesses are pretty cool. So when we learned that Faraday is a family brand founded by Alex, his wife Carrie, and his twin brother Mike, we took an interest. Faraday channels their love of the beach lifestyle into clothing for life's greatest moments. They're also passionate about craftsmanship, comfort, and sustainability, which means one touch of the fabric or a look at the stitching and you know this is comfort made to last. That's why every piece is designed to be a lifetime favorite. If anything happens along the way, Faraday will replace or fix your clothes for life, no matter what, which means I can wear my legend sweater shirt every day. And so can I. Soft with the perfect stretch, this shirt is genuinely my favorite, and it's available in sizes for men, women, and kids. This year, matching legend sweater shirt photos is the new thing. I love it. And don't forget about Faraday's recycled high-pile fleece jackets and their new frost sweaters. Very cozy all day long. Good news! Faraday is giving all Myths and Legends listeners an amazing deal. 20% off your order. Head to FaradayBrand.com legends and use code legends at checkout to get this deal. That's code legends at Faraday, F-A-H-E-R-T-Y, brand.com legends for 20% off. FaradayBrand.com legends. Daddy, Red Boy said to his father, Bull Demon King. As his dad walked in the doorway, he hugged his son. What was all this about capturing the Tang Monk? Red Boy smiled as he showed his dad around his lair. Yeah, he beat Sun Wukong, the Monkey King, to do so. And eating just a bite of the Tang Monk's flesh meant that they would live for thousands of years. Bull Demon King wiped his eyes. He was proud of his son. As they caught up, BDK revealed that he was kind of turning over a new leaf in his old age. He was something of a vegetarian now. He wanted to try to atone for all of his evil acts. Red Boy said, wow, okay, that was a big change. BDK said, yeah. He was a vegetarian four days a month now, so not really a vegetarian at all. Still, today was one of his vegetarian days. They could wait until tomorrow to eat the Tang Monk, though, right? Red Boy said, okay, that was different. He said, but sure. He bowed to his father in obedience, but BDK only laughed. None of that now. Stand up. Okay, Red Boy knew something was up now. His dad had never been this nice to him. He asked how BDK had gotten here so quickly, and the fiends said that it was serendipitous. They met Bull Demon King on the road. Hey, Daddy? Mm-hmm, BDK replied. What's my birthday? BDK laughed. Uh, what kind of question was that? Of course he knew his uh, son's birthday. Red Boy gave a signal to his fiends as he turned to his dad, Bull Demon King. Did he? So say it. What was it? It was a reasonable question from a son to a father. BDK winced. Ooh. Red Boy didn't give any warning and attacked. Sun Wukong, in his current state, couldn't hold the image of BDK and block. So when he caught the lance, he screamed out, Why does the son attack his own father? We're a family. Then he looked at himself. Oh, he was Sun Wukong again. Uh, what he meant to say was... Okay, bye. Sun Wukong turned into a beam of light and shot out the window. 
I won, Sun Wukong said. Sandy said, to recap, Sun Wukong changed into his coat and then into a fly, overheard that Pigsy was tricked by Red Boy in the form of Guan Yin, tried to trick him as BDK and then ran away. Those sound less like wins and more like things that happened. Monkey said he had him, don't worry. He told Sandy to stay with the luggage. He will be back. A few hours later, Monkey was knocking on the door of the lair. Ignore him, Red Boy said. Where were they on that monk? Tenderizing him? Nice. Monkey knocked again, and this time his staff went right through the door. Sun Wukong said that he had been pulling his punches, but he couldn't let this stand. He was going to see Red Boy punished. <laughs> Red Boy laughed and lunged, and they fought. Like the other times, they were fairly evenly matched, and like the last time, Sun Wukong began to flag. He sneered and leapt atop a cloud. But this time, Red Boy wasn't going to let him get away. He took to the air with a leap, and in a moment, they were both at the South Sea. Red Boy grabbed Wukong's ankle in flight and flung him to the ground, hard. Then he looked up and laughed. There, before him, was the throne of Guan Yen. The Bodhisattva herself sat watching the fight. Red Boy was just about her height and strode up. So this was her. This was what he should be afraid of. Well, Sun Wukong brought heaven to heal back in the day, and he, Red Boy, just beat Sun Wukong. He was fast. Faster than Sun Wukong thought possible. He stabbed at Guan Yin's heart, and she only had time to turn into a beam of light and escape. Red Boy laughed. That's what he thought. He said that after he ate the Tang Monk, he would take the fight to heaven. He would do what Monkey and his father couldn't. Then, he sat down on the Bodhisattva Guan Yin's throne. Guan Yin appeared next to the Monkey King. He said that this wasn't what they talked about. She was supposed to beat him, trap him. What was all this? He had the throne now. Guan Yin said, look at the throne. It wasn't a true throne, but swords. It stabbed Red Boy and then held him in place. Guan Yin said that she had something for him, for Red Boy. She had been saving it for Monkey if she needed it, but now she was fairly confident she wouldn't. Five rings, one for each leg and one for Red Boy's chest. She threw them and they wrapped around the monster. She told Monkey the spell. It was one similar to the spell that tightened his own headband. She then let Red Boy go. He picked up his lance, and Guan Yin said, Okay, yeah, the, say the spell. Monkey said it, and Red Boy's hands slammed together. His legs slammed together, and he dropped to the ground in a praying position. This was, according to the most popular translation, known as the Guan Yin Twist in the 16th century a way of praying. Red Boy submitted, not only because he had no choice at all, but because he fought against Guan Yin's power and lost. He experienced the strength of the Dharma. He bowed his head, and Guan Yin shaved it. He was now one of her disciples.
fiends broke and ran, spilling from the mountain. Monkey freed Pigsy, then went to find their master. They feared the worst, but saw that he was at an all-you-can-eat spa weekend. The demons had been fattening him up. They had washed him with hot water, scraped the dirt and such off his skin, and the tenderizing? Yeah, that was just massaging. Xuanzang felt great. That was their time. Same as all the others. Easy win. Sun Wukong, Pigsy, and Sandy all looked at each other, knowing that they had just come up against the first enemy that they almost hadn't been able to beat, and knowing that the road ahead was going to be even more difficult. They smiled. Yep, easy as ever. That's it for this leg of the journey. I, frankly, love these stories. I love that they can be this epic, character-focused tale of redemption, but also have these Marvel-level battles and monsters that need to, like, clear it with their supervisor to make it rain. Some quick announcements. There's a membership thing on the site, and on Apple Podcasts, so check that out if you want ad-free and extra episodes. Also, uh, we've been having some fun doing some polls on Instagram. If you're on Instagram, you should check it out. We're at Myths and Legends on there, or you can follow the link in the show notes. The creature this time is Le'esak, from the folklore of the Sheremis and Mari people. Now, what do you do if you're walking through the forest and you spot a monster, quote, the size of a haystack, and with a head the size of a beer barrel, its mouth like an open oven? That's not a trick question. You run away as fast as you possibly can. It's a portent of death or disaster, obviously, and it should come as no surprise when things in the forest start to get weird. Because the sock makes things, quote, look like other things, which is not a helpful way to describe something. But here's a couple examples one source pointed out. The person might think, oh, thank goodness, someone left a gun sticking out of that tree better break it off and defend myself against oven mouth over there. Oh wait, that's a tree branch? Or how about that steaming loaf of fresh baked bread? People leave in the dark forest all the time. You've been running from that monster for a while. Why not a snack? Why not? Well, because that's not a pile of fresh baked bread. That's steaming animal dung. There is one way to beat this thing. Stay at home with crosses painted on all the entrances to your house. Dogs, apparently, can detect when this thing is nearby, and probably all of us can too. I mean, it's a monster the size of a hay bale with an oven mouth. Anyway, when the dogs start barking, you can rest easy, knowing that that thing won't come near your house with all the crosses on the doors and windows. It'll just be out there, waiting for you, if you ever need to leave. That's it for this week. Myths and Legends is by Jason and Carissa Weiser. Our theme song is by Broke for Free, and the Creature of the Week music is by Steve Combs. There are links to more of the music we used in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.